and thank you for joining us on our program, Critically Speaking. I'm Cindy Mercer, and we are welcoming back author Jim Hammer, who wrote the book Victory Over a Critical Spirit. It's good to have you with us again, Jim. Well, it's good to be with you also, Cindy. Jim, we have been hearing from you about life experiences that have just been a huge blessing to you on this journey at overcoming a critical spirit and having victory over a critical spirit. And I want to jump into our program today. As we have previously mentioned, you have got the privilege of serving the Lord as a lay pastor in several churches, but there is a particular situation where you were asked to be the lay pastor of one of your churches, and I want you to share with us that journey that God took you and your church on in this issue of victory over a critical spirit. When I was asked to be the lay pastor, and it was only not only by the conference, but by the pastor, the existing pastor of that church, and also the members of the church. They all had to agree before they asked me to be the lay pastor. And it was a blessing. We, there was only 12 members, and it was just, uh, we worked so harmoniously together that, um, you know, when we went to a board meeting or business, we always had business meetings. When we had business meetings, we would just have a, a great time, uh, laughing and talking and getting, but yet we got everything done that needed to be done. It was just such a beautiful spirit. Within six months, we were up to 45 people, and the spirit was just moving, just moving right along. And we, it was a pleasure. We looked forward to coming to worship and to church uh, because we were going to be with each other. Then we decided we're going to start looking for a church to build or to buy an existing structure. And I looked at like 35 pieces of property, some with um, buildings on, some just vacant land. But the more I looked at and presented to the church, the more divided we became. And it was was just a a situation that if one part of the church family said yes, the other part of the church family said said no. It didn't matter which part said yes, the other one said no. You know, it all, um, you know, we were hopelessly self-destructing. We uh, were in the process of getting a a low-power radio station. The application was already in and approved, and we're just waiting for the uh, construction permit to start building. And by the time we got the construction permit, we were in total disarray, spiritually, emotionally, and we were just criticizing everything was just uh, being said that should not have been said. The Lord's Spirit was not there. Now, Jim, I'm going to stop you for just a second before we continue on with the story. But, you know, just sitting here listening to you, and I'm sure our listeners are going, wow, God was on the move. There were some great things happening. Um, Most, a lot of churches would love to have a low-power radio station. That's a, that's just a, uh, another avenue where we can reach people for Christ. But what was, what was really happening here? It, it appears is that God was blessing and the enemy doesn't fight fair. That's correct. And, and you know, it only takes one person. And this one person just started calling people on the phone, just creating uh, different uh, scenarios of uh, what uh, he thought was going on in the church. And he wanted to uh, have his, his way with what was going on. And again, this low-power station, the whole church could have owned it. Uh, the members of the church could have owned it. But by the time it came about, 
Nobody in the church wanted it except um, another couple and myself. And I found that that was a blessing also, uh, that there was just two of us that owned the station. But uh, it only takes one person to create havoc within the church. And by the time we were looking at all these different places, this one person had already alienated half of the church, that uh, we were totally split and divided and polarized into two two camps. And that's what the enemy wants to do, create havoc. Yes, he does. And it sounds like the Holy Spirit needed to be on board more than ever at this point. Yes. And, and, you know, we, we finally did get a church uh, structure that was already built and, and already uh, had been a church for since 1856, and just a beautiful structure. But even with that, when we and we got it dirt cheap, what we paid for that church, we could not have even bought two of the stained glass windows that are there. But even with all of that, how the Lord just placed this church in our hands, one of the members says, don't you think God wanted us to build a church in this area or that area? And uh, I said, you know, the Lord, no doubt in my mind, wanted us to build a church someplace or have a church someplace. But we were too stiff-necked and too proud to humble our hearts and say, okay, let's all get together and, and be on one page. And I said, I can just picture the Lord, if we don't take this building, this church, I can just picture the Lord raising up his hands and saying, you know, what more do I got to do with this stiff-necked people? So, but even with that, um, you know, people are still ready to criticize and create havoc. Jim, I'm, when you said something, it, it prompted a very familiar verse probably with all of us, and that's Second Chronicles chapter seven, fourteen. It tells us, if, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I'm curious at what point now, how did this take a turn? Are you willing or is there some soul searching going on within yourself, within the church that helped see resolve to this to this issue? Well, one thing I, I realized, and, and again, I was part of the problem. I realized and the Holy Spirit showed me that, you know, Jim, you're part of the problem. And, uh, you know, with the way I was conducting myself, you know, and, and uh, the Holy Spirit is always trying to show us our own faults and not the faults of somebody else. But we always want to look at the faults of somebody else instead of looking at ourselves. You know, and, uh, and I've shared this with uh, many, many times that if I want to find fault or criticize somebody, I go and look in the mirror and, and see, you know, look at myself. Because that's what, uh, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to show us, or who He wants to show us. Yes, and often what He shows us is not a very pretty picture, is it? No, when, he sh- <laughs> when, the, when the Holy Spirit uh, uh, and showed me and, and I started searching my own heart, I, you know, I was not pleased with what I seen, and I had much to repent of. Amen. Jim, you mentioned in your book that a statement that I love. It says your prayer life went into high gear. You know, so often, and and I've seen this um, in myself, and I read a book a little while back that a lot of the work that is being done, I'm talking about within the churches, that is done without the power of the Holy Spirit. And we don't take the time to ask for the Holy Spirit. Uh, Don't seek, you know, don't take the time to seek the Holy Spirit. 
and we just go and do it uh, on our, in our own strength. And I, when I read that, I started looking back at my own life and seeing, you know, when I started, yes, I was spending much time in prayer. But as time went on, and I was familiar with what had to be done, I didn't spend the time in prayer. So, uh, so I, I, you know, believe that was an accurate statement. But, uh, you know, when I started praying at this time, when this church was fracturing and falling apart, I just uh, started praying, Father, who's ever hindering your work, move them out of the way. And if you have to, put them to sleep, but save them. I didn't want to have any ill feelings towards anybody. Mm. And I wasn't naive enough to believe that it couldn't be me, because I, I knew I was part of the problem, too. So I said, Father, you know, if I'm hindering your work, I don't want to hinder your work. You know, if you have to, put me to sleep, but save me. Uh, move me out of the way. And within three months, uh, the Lord moved a large portion of, of the church family. You know, he just moved them out of the way. And I don't want to elaborate any more on that. I don't want to create any old wounds to crop up. Absolutely. I want to, I want to move on uh, to something that I believe is critical, no pun intended, for this, this uh, understanding of critical spirit. You talk about pride. And you mention in, in your book that when you take the I out of pride, there is no pride. That's correct. You know, it's a center letter in the word pride. And when we remove the I, we, when we take ourselves out of pride, or when we want to be humbled, the humble servants of the Lord, and remove ourselves from, from the pride that we are so gifted with, and I'm using the word gifted again, not that it's uh, a gift from God. And we can be proud. We can be proud of, of Jesus, but not of ourselves, because everything that we do has to glorify the Lord. Every ministry in the church will be affected by a critical spirit. You know, most of, most of the church problems are, are rooted in that, in our pride, and uh, that we want things our own way, so we start criticizing and sometimes and most of the time criticism takes place behind the scenes uh, you know without the person that we're criticizing involved a lot of that takes place and, and they don't even know but uh, a lot of times we will criticize them face to face but that only brings up anger and resentment and it never accomplishes anything and and I don't believe we ever start out thinking it's going to get that way. You say in your book that the critical spirit can start out as a bud, but it doesn't take long and boom, it's in full bloom. And we're like, how did we get to this point? And I believe there's multiple, multiple things that enter into that, um, the point of contentions. There are many things going on in our church. Unfortunately, we, we're not going to have time to get into all those today, so I'm hoping that our listeners will join us on a future episode, and we're going to talk more about this. This is such a huge issue, and, and Jim, I want to thank you for allowing God to use you to help us. So thank you for joining us. We're out of time, and we look forward to having you on a future episode of Critically Speaking. If you would like more information about Critically Speaking, contact Free Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651. 
or email us through our website at 3abn.org.